0: life let's all stand one more time give jesus a big hand clap as we get ready how many are ready to hear the word of god from pastor matt this morning come on give it up for jesus this morning you guys excited you happy wow it's good to see you guys turn to two people tell them it's really good to see you that was really good to see you before you're seated uh Actually, go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat today. It's so great to have you in the house. Can you give it up for our guests in the house today? Those who are here maybe for the first time or second time. I want to welcome you to the Father's house today. We hope that you're enjoying your time with us right now in the house. Oh, I just see my brother. Give it up for my third, the third in our Ornelas siblings, third eldest, however you want to go. Mark. You guys might want to follow him online. He has a powerful ministry that he helps so many people get liberated from addictions. I mean, all kinds of crazy addictions—sexual addictions, pornography, all the stuff that the church don't want to talk about today. Amen. But um, follow him. He's a poet. He's a musician, multi-talented. But it's so good to have you in the family here. And uh, Mark and I think I saw Alicia here today. It's so, oh, oh, there you go. There she goes. <laughs> uh, welcome, guys. And I got my, wow. I got all kinds of family. My nieces, come on, nieces, and why don't you wave at everybody here today? I didn't know they were coming. Come on, girls. It's okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Welcome. Oh, guys, um, I just want to say thank you for, for coming and being adaptable because uh, every, every so often the, the school asks us um, to move our service location to the multi-purpose room, which we are in right now. And so we will be here for the next three weeks, and then we'll move back um, at the beginning of February to the main auditorium, which we love to be there. But I am. want to be so great when we don't have to be concerned about moving back and forth. Amen. We're looking at June, so please uh, keep your prayers high and your faith high because we are so excited about the freedom and the opportunity to continue to make an impact in our community that we will have in our own home church building. Um, along with that, I want to I want to uh, I let you guys know that because of the... Uh, the gravity of the, uh, the the situation as far as building and the construction and the planning and the preparing and the additional three, four, five meetings and going back and forth to Vacaville on my part. It's well worth it. It's, it's about changing lives. Amen. There was an increased uh, demand on uh, the pastors and leaders of the church. So we have decided that starting February for a temporary period of time, temporarily, we're going to move to one service. Now, that's not going to affect you guys too much. If you come to first service, you get a little half hour additional time to get here. So uh, we're going to move to one service temporarily until we get into our home building. How many kids say, we can do that? We can do that. 10.30, <laughs> one service. Um, and uh, just to give us uh, the time to, to, to prepare for this incredible season. And uh, a lot of our team meets after services. They'll they'll be here. Some of them, some of us come here at seven, and we're setting up. We're we're getting ready, preparing the atmosphere. We're praying. We're meet, huddling with our team. And then after second service, after we tear down, we got we got guys who are going and dri- driving U- the U-Haul out. And then we're rushing over, grabbing some lunch. Or if I'm feeling generous, we're all we're buying the lunch is on the house, and we're we're making sure our team's fit. And we try to do that as much as possible. But not this week, y'all. It's juice and water and coffee. They were fasting. They're like, but uh, then we have our meeting, which uh, our our leadership meeting, our our top leaders in the church, and there's give it up for our leadership team. There's such incredible hearts and people, and we meet so that we can be ready every week to make sure that uh, the church is healthy and, and thriving, and that people are encountering Jesus all week long. Amen. So just, just to put that on the, your radar, starting the first Sunday of February, one service, 1030 a.m. until we get back into our building, and then we'll have a large grand opening in our building, ribbon cutting. Oh, come on. <laughs> Is that, are you excited? Come on. You're going to bring friends and family, and we're going to celebrate, and it's going to be amazing. Um, I also want to share this. How many of you um, come from maybe a West Sac area uh, of Sacramento? How many of you come from maybe midtown, downtown area, or maybe East Sac? How many go going towards South Sac, that area? I know Natomas is on our our signs, but how many know we represent the whole city? Amen. We got people from Elk Grove, South Sacramento, Rancho Cordova. You may not want to claim it if you're from North Highlands, but we love North Highlanders as well. Amen. We love North Highlands. We know, uh, you know, Del Paso Heights, North Sacramento. And don't get it all mixed up either, right? Like, if, if if you come from an area that you're not really proud of, you will claim the Thomas in the north area. But we know you're from the heights. <laughs> come on. Are you with me right now? Or you'll just say north, north, north part of Sacramento when you're from North Highlands. It's all good. We love you just the same. I, hey, I, I spent many years of ministry in the hood. I'm, I ain't ashamed of it. <laughs> but I say all that to say is that our vision as a church is to multiply locations throughout the city. That one day... This is a big move for us going into a building because it means increased stability for our church, uh, a permanent footprint in the city, but also moving forward in our calling to launch out new locations all throughout the city and beyond. <laughs> Come on. Some of you are going to be part of those teams one day. But after Pursuit on January 25th, they don't, you're not going to put those on the screen because I didn't tell them about it. But uh, on January 25th, we're going to have maybe a 45-minute interest Vision party. We had to do it after the fasting period because we don't want y'all to be less spiritual. <laughs> but please continue or jump on board if you haven't and fast a few more days with us uh, this month. Um, but we're gonna do an interest a vision party, and we'll probably probably have some pizza or food or something. We'll share the heart about how we're God's leading us into the future, how we're going to prepare for that. And there's a large segment of our congregation that actually comes from West Sac, South Sacramento midtown within that area so our heart is like how how do we prepare for that how do we start developing ministries and groups in those areas and how do we how do we how do we join into what god's speaking of our church are you excited about the future come on give jesus a hand he's so good so we'd love to have you everyone's welcome to attend that even if you just come for the food (laughs) but we hope that you'll come and say hey how can i get involved in any way well, we started this series on our first Sunday of the year, which was last week, and uh, had such a great response from the church. Thank you for your, your, your hunger for the Word of God. Thank you for sharing testimonies. You know, I had, I had a challenging, a, a few challenging days this week. How many have had some battles and some, some weary moments and um, discouraging moments? But you know what kept me um, above that all was, one, being connected to a church family. And surrounding myself with people who have faith and who love Jesus and are on the journey with me, Uh, my beautiful family, my wife, my kids, of course, my church leadership team, they all are part of that. But also some of you who text me or send me messages and say, Pastor Matt, this is what God spoke to me or did in my life after we prayed on Sunday. And I had so many of those come through in the past week. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, God knew I was going to walk through some fire this week. So he said, let me encourage you with some faith. And I'm so grateful. So thank you, guys. It really means so much. It's not just saying that. It really means so much. Let's encourage each other when we need it, even if you don't know someone needs it. Amen. But also, I think the, 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 the ramp up fasting and prayer that we're going through just is putting a lot of people in a position to be more spirit-led, when to speak, when to move, when to say, to do all those things. Amen. So join us if you haven't. Um, choose a fast. Maybe it's partial. Maybe it's a Daniel fast, maybe it's a liquid-only fast, maybe if you're a real savage beast, you go all only water for the next, I don't know, seven to nine days left of our fast. But if you haven't started, you can jump in with us and let's pray, like literally pray for big miracles. Can we do that? Pray for your family, pray for your church, pray for our community and our nation. Well, let's dive into part two of our series, Taking Territory. And uh, you can turn your attention to the screen or open up your Bible, and it's we're going to look at Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. When you, when you have that, say, I'm ready to go. All right. And I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Tell somebody God's going to give you something. Let me ask you this real quick. What is the thing that God wants to give you? Because I, I, you have to understand this, that God is always giving stuff. God never stops giving. And we don't always acknowledge his generosity, and we don't always give him credit. How many say I've probably got a million little blessings and some big ones just the prats a week that I didn't stop to give God thanks for or give him credit for? We all have, right? Because you couldn't, you couldn't completely thank God for everything he does or has done. Giving his son to die on the cross to take judgment for our sins. That that alone was so far beyond anything we could ever deserve. But on top of that, to continue to bless us in large and small ways over the course of our life's journey, it's incredible. He's a generous God. So God speaks to Moses here, and in verse 27, we'll pick it up. Then he told him and said, we want, we went to, oh, I'm sorry, uh, verse 2. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe over their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So God says, send le- leaders. I'm giving you a promise. I'm giving you new territory. I'm taking you to a new, new dimension. I'm leading my people, but I need you to send leaders to lead the way. I need you to send people who are influential. Tell your neighbor, you can be influential for Jesus. You see some people wearing those Brother Dan shirts. I didn't have time to change the day I had it in my car, but uh, uh, Uncle Mark, the was Uncle Mark, wave your hand to the folks right here. He's our, here's our most beloved uh, 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 Raider fan in the house. No offense to those. If you're a Raider fan, let me know, and I'll tell that I'll say that about you next week. But he is dear to us, and he's an incredible part of the team. But he had this idea to honor Dan. And he said, we're going to create Brother Dan t-shirts. And it says, be like Brother Dan. Why? Because Dan has influence. Why, does Dan, why? Because he's the most uh, uh, anointed, talented communicator or s- musician. He's got his gifts, but he is not the per- type of person that gets on a stage or a platform and commands attention. He ha- I don't think he has any desire to do anything like that. You know what, no, what makes Dan influential? Is that he's consistent. Yeah. That he's one of the first people you see when you walk through that door. That he shows up, shows up faithfully. That he's humble that he's generous even when he has little sometimes he's generous he doesn't he gives when he, no one no one asks him that he loves people genuinely and if none of that is enough for you he will chase you down if you haven't showed up in church for more than 2 weeks he will be like did you get that guy's number I'm like, no. He goes, we got to contact him. I got to figure out how. He will make a way. God makes ways and Dan makes ways to reach you. <laughs> Give it up for Dan. <laughs> so we appreciate you, Dan. But um, it says be like Dan because everyone can have God-glorifying positive influence through your kindness, through your gifts. See, Dan's gift, you know what his gift is? Faithfulness, thoughtfulness, kindness. Anybody can be that stuff. You know what sets Dan apart from most people is he actually uses those tools. Tell somebody, you can be influential. Now skip over to verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Haran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they're giving the evidence. It's there. It exists. It's good. It's healthy. It's promising, the promised land. Verse 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, uh uh-oh, here comes the bad news. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which were descendants of giants, The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Let me just drop this in there real quick because some people who are doubtful about the veracity or historical uh, uh, nature of of Scripture, they'll look at passages where there's mention of Goliath and giants and miracles and such, and they'll say, wow, really, you believe there were giants I mean, when you're Filipino, everybody's a giant. So it's not far fetched to say, hey, giants existed. Is it entirely, so one, can the supernatural happen? If you're a follower of Jesus, you ha- kind of have to believe the Bible that supernatural things have happened and do happen. Do the same supernatural happen, every, things happen everywhere at the same time? Maybe not. So are there different periods of time in which God could do certain things and not other things? Absolutely. For instance, if I am committed to a life of prayer and big faith, I should anticipate that greater answers to prayer prayer will happen in my life. Do you agree? Versus someone who has no faith and doesn't ask if I believe the words of Jesus. So things can happen in different ways in different times. Also, whether it was their perception of them, seeing them like they're giants or they were actual giants, I believe they were giants, but whether that's true or not, it does not take away from the the truth of Scripture. It doesn't take away from what they experienced, because if you're five foot nothing and you walk into a room full of basketball players, you would say they're giants in the land. Am I right? So... It doesn't take away from the of the from the authenticity, the the uh, the the power, the truth of Scripture, even if you have alternative views to some of the traditional um, portions of Scripture. Is anybody everybody with me right now? I just thought I'd address that because there's a, a a great spirit of skepticism in society today, and as a church, as believers, we cannot be addressed to face those head on. That you don't believe in giants? Okay. Do you believe in Jesus still? Yeah. Okay. You're still going to the same heaven I'm going to. Amen. Yeah. Nevertheless, the people, verse 28, who dwell in land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of there. the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Let me pray. Father, right now, we give you this moment. We pause to say thank you. That our hearts are beating right now and for every great and small blessing you have given us bestowed upon us entrusted to us speak now through your word and teach us how to follow you in Jesus name the church said amen and amen how many boxing fans are in the house today okay there's a few of you I love boxing shout out your favorite boxer Hakial, Sugar Ray. Oh, we're going legends. (laughs) Muhammad Ali. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. I mean, definitely a great. Even if he's a better sprinter than he is. No, yeah, no, absolutely great. One of the greats. I mean, you you can't under, uh, you can't argue. Even if you don't like his style, which it is a style. He's great technically, and you know it's hard to beat. Perfect defense. What can you say? It doesn't matter if you can knock a hole in a wall if you can't hit the wall, and the wall runs. Okay. <laughs> okay. What? Any others? Tyson. Yes, the ear biter. We forgive him in Jesus' name. That's. What is that? Chavez. Cesar. Julio Cesar Chavez. What's the redhead? Right What's the redhead? Right Canelo. Okay. Okay. All, all, all great. Most of these were shouting in the name because they are legendary, right? Who's the young guy? The young Mexican guy? Yes, legendaries, right? Uh, some of these are so skilled. So, uh, you know, growing up, I, I I used to go to men's Bible studies and small groups with my dad and the guys would throw a boxing party and they'd bring food and pizza and he'd drag us along. I didn't really care then, but man, seeing Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson as when you're a kid. I mean, now I look back, I'm like, dude, I got to watch history in the sport, right? And in culture. And I was just like not even thinking about that stuff. And who's the guy who who beat uh Tyson um the big one. Uh, but yes, Buster Douglas, uh, Buster Douglas? Yes. All, all these legendary moments in the sport and in culture. And uh, but you know as I grow older I, I I developed an appreciation and I give large uh, I give credit to Manny Pacquiao because of that because he represented an, an underrepresented demographic in the sport right it's a lot like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, Well, now it's more common. But you think of uh, Shohei Otani in baseball, and he can do things that no one else can do, and he happens to be Asian. Like, it's it's kind of fresh and new to the sport that you have Asians playing pro baseball, but that you can play better than uh, uh, in ways that others can't. That's exceptional. But um, when Manny Pacquiao played, guys started saying, hey, let's watch this fight. Let's watch this fight. Want to come over? I'm like, ah, not really into that stuff. Okay, I'll come and hang out. And when I saw Manny and when I saw Pac Man, I said, Yes, I am Manny. I said, For every person who ever underestimated the dynamite that is in this, yes, we are Manny. And every, you know what happened? Everybody became Manny Pacquiao. It didn't matter if you're Asian or Filipino or Islander or black or white. or It didn't really matter. You know why? Because most people understand what it is to be an underdog. Or to be judged by their outward appearance and to be underestimated. How many can have been there in life? And so we all resonated with Manny's story. And even when he lost, everybody argued, unless you're a Floyd Mayweather fan, but everybody else argued that Manny really won, right? He really won. But what made him a history maker was that he could go from one weight class to another, to another, to another. And over the course of his career, conquer eight weight classes from 108 pounds to like 154 pounds and win at every level and dominate and and, and put on a show that put people in awe. That he could transition, that he could develop, that he could learn, that he could adapt. Ask somebody, are you adaptable? And here's the thing, is in life, when God's taking you somewhere, you have to understand what it means to adapt. Because we never fulfill our potential. We never conquer new territories or we never learn to go to new realms spiritually or in our ministry or in our family life if we're not willing to learn new things. And some of the keys that helped many grow as a champion and grow as an athlete and as a fighter was one, his mindset. As you know about boxers, every boxer thinks they're the best. <laughs> you have to, right? You have to believe that you are the best even if you're not. Because if you go in the match thinking that this guy's going to beat me, you're already defeated psychologically. That's why they sometimes, Floyd's also great at this, getting in his opponent's head. But you have to be mentally, up. you have to actually believe that you can do new things. That you can take on the big obstacle and the big giant. You can take on new challenges. Does anybody believe today? Do you believe that you can go to the next level? You can take on new opportunities and even face obstacles that may come with those new opportunities. You know what else made him great is that he had a team. Ask somebody who's on your team. He had coaches, he had trainers, and he had experts who helped him prepare for every new weight class. So on the journey, he always adopted and brought people onto his team who could help him compete at that level. He prepared. Physically, he trained, he developed himself. And if we are going to go to the next dimension, if we're going to grow into God's greater plan... Because he always has a greater plan. If you settle and you already have this mindset that where I am is the pinnacle of God's plan for my life, you already settle for less than what he wants for you. And I'm not talking about just in terms of, of wealth or success. I'm talking about in terms of all of life. If you've been, if you've been married for 20 years, God still has more for your marriage. He still wants you to grow. You know why? We've been married. You know what? Can I share this? Babe, where is she? She's not here so I don't have to ask permission. Oh, there she is. Sorry. <laughs> no joke. Out of the blue. She texts me, and we're just texting back and forth, and she says to me, Sent, now this is pretty good. This is probably one of my greatest proud proud uh, moments I'm, I'm most proud of in life is that 18 going on 19 February 12th. Hello, that's another moment I, I should be proud of. That I remember our anniversary. <laughs> Come on, hubbies. learn something. I got I got gold for you. Come on, wife, send them my way. This this is why I tell wives: if your son's growing in the if your, your your husband's growing in the Lord, make make him go to church. Make him show up to small group. Make him have lunch with me. Make him because he's going to be a better man. Not because I'm great, but because we're gonna talk about and brainstorm together about how we can overcome our 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 our, our issues. <laughs> Remind me of my anniversary again. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> Thanks for putting that on the screen, guys. So I <laughs> joking, joking, joking. <laughs> She sends, sends me this text, and we're just having an everyday, ordinary conversation. And she tells me, "I am so in love with you." That's legit, man. I'm, I'm. Not, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. Oh, and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, whoa. Even with my messed up hairdo, because I wear, that's why I'm wearing my hat right now, because she complains about how I style my hair. Not my barb, it's my, the way I style my hair. <laughs> she said, I'm so in love with you. I said, No, I'm so in love with you. And that was a re- very real thing. And uh, how do you say that? Because you never stop growing. You never stop pursuing growth. Ah, we don't have a perfect marriage. Because it takes two people, first of all, it takes two people to create a perfect marriage, and both of you got to be perfect, and at least one of you ain't. (laughs) So have no aspiration towards perfection, have an aspiration towards growth and health and continuing the love story. And uh, I was so grateful for that, because she's not the most expressive person. She's not the most physically, you know, love language. How many have physical touches your love language? You're like, hug me, you know, those types of things. Yes. I'm not talking about sexual stuff because all, all guys say that's her love language. But I'm talking about, you know, she holds my hand. She gives me a hug. You know, those types of things. It's simple things. And you're like, I go on alert when she grabs my hand. She manipulates me. When I'm in a meeting and I'm having an intense conversation or we're planning and I'm really focused, she will touch my hand and I'm like, I'm like Jesus who touched me. I felt virtue flow from. I was like, like, when she does that, don't even be trying that, guys. I know my team is really funny. I bet you they're going to try and come touch me in the meeting right now. Not in inappropriate ways, but I could see some of them be like, Pastor Matt. (laughs) But we keep growing. He wants more for your kids. Help them keep growing. Don't limit them by the limitations that were placed upon you as in your childhood. The limiting beliefs and mindset. The problems and the pain that you endured. You know what? God brought you through that so you could lead them into doors and opportunities that they would not have to walk down those same valleys that you did. Those same alleys of destruction so you can show them where not to go so they would know where to go. I ask the Lord Lord who do you want me to talk to today of course the whole church and I believe the word of God whenever it's proclaimed taught and preached that if you come hungry it will speak to you. I don't buy that when people say I didn't get I haven't heard from God. I just I don't know. You know yeah, no you if you open up your bible and you're hungry you're going to hear from God. If you come to church first service, second service, halfway through service, don't come halfway, but if that's the only thing you can do come halfway, better you show up than don't show up. But if you come to service, if you open your heart, open your ears, you're going to hear what Jesus, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. The, the reason why we get fed is because we, we get hungry. Ain't nobody going through in and outs drive through because they ain't hungry. You don't get fed when you're not hungry. Maybe what we need to cultivate is an appetite for the Word of God instead of criticism about the small group leader and the preacher and Pastor Mike and me. If you're hungry, you're go and get fed. How are you going to tell me you're not hungry and God doesn't speak to you? I don't know if there's anybody in the house in here who says that. But if you do, because every once in a while you get an email or a text, probably once or twice a year. (laughs) But I don't mind. I do mind. But I don't mind when I consider that we are preaching the gospel to thousands of people every year. And we are building an army of people who are in love with Jesus. And when I see young David come up and preaching to our rally, and Chris says, That's not the same man I encountered when I first walked into the church, I'm like, We ain't a perfect church. We ain't the most skilled or talented church, but we're a real church with real people, with real weaknesses and struggles, but we got real disciples being made who are rising up in the ranks. We got to grow, though. We got to want advancement. We got to want the more. Tell somebody, Want the more. Don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. I said, God, what do you want? who do you want me to talk to? One is people with mi- limiting mindsets, limiting beliefs. People who, that's why you're not advancing economically, socially, spiritually, relationally, maritally. This is not a condemning word. This is, I hope you, you will have hope for these areas. In unintentional people, people who are kind of just satisfied with where they are, or you put it on your to-do list and never quite get to it. I will grow my relationship with Jesus. I just, don't, I just haven't been intentional. Have you ever been that person? Oh, man, I want to learn how to pray better. I just, I'm so busy. I haven't been there. I've been there. I've got so many things on my, on, my, on my schedule. It's so demanding. I want to talk to people who are always looking for fire escapes. Look at, because the call of God gets hot and you look for a way out every time the fire starts burning. Where's the fire escape? The pressure's on. The enemy's heading. I'm going through it. People don't like me. Can I tell potential leaders, future leaders, and current leaders, if people always agree with you and people always like you? No, don't get me wrong. You gotta have people to like you if you want to lead you, if you want to lead them. But if they always agree with you and they always like you, you're not really leading. You're not. And that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow, right? Because if you're like me, you like when people are happy. Right? I love seeing smiles in the church. But I can't be the kind of preacher who comes to the passage of Scripture and says, oh, we're not touching that. Somebody's not going to like it. Leaders pave the way. Leaders influence. And if we're addicted to likes like we are on social media, maybe God's saying it's time to upgrade your leadership and your courage and your boldness so you can take new territory. Tell your neighbor, there's more. I want to talk to those who who have marriages and families that are not in alignment with God's mission for your life. Like we're not on the same page. We lead church and we're arguing. Or arguing about what we're, how, how we're going to serve the Lord, where we're going to serve the Lord. I don't want you doing this. I don't want to I, I do this. Or come over here. I and mean, there's just confusion and chaos. I'm telling you right now, the enemy is attacking people. I don't know facts. I don't know evidence. But I, I'm just picking it up in the spirit. Uh, that, that the enemy is attacking people in the area of marital and familial conflict over good things. And I want to encourage you today that you can get on the same page. But you've got to do the tough work of talking through praying with each other and making sure that home team is united and protected and blessed. you got to pursue it together. And I believe God is saying to some folks today, it's time to put the arguments and the confusion and the preference aside and you collectively, you, you as husband and wife, you start to seek me together. What if you both fasted and prayed and sought in my heart? You think something might happen? Tell your neighbor, we can do it. I God wants to speak to people who are living in isolation and you're not connected to community or purpose or mission beyond our little lives. What I mean, I mean we're not we're not we, we, we kind of just show up every so often or we're just here uh, it, or, or we don't we're not really connected to our, our, our uh, relationships with others. who are going in the faith or we're not even utilizing our gifts and our skills. Tell somebody you've got so much potential. But here's the sad reality. A lot of people die with a truckload of potential stored up in their soul. They die with songs that were never birthed, books that were never written, lives that were never changed, miracles that were never born into the world because they left, they left so much more to give and maybe God is challenging if you I want you to take territory in this season and I want you to trust me and believe me and be willing to make the sacrifice to get, to grow in your purpose and calling that I have for you. I want to talk to you today about conquering grasshoppers and giants. Tell somebody you can conquer conquering grasshoppers and giants. Let's turn back to the scripture. Right here. Let me give you some context. God commanded, God commanded Moses. He said, "Moses, I want you to send some leaders of tribes. I want you to send some people who are going to scout out the land. I want you to do this because I'm giving you territory. Somebody shout territory! I'm going to give you the promised land that I've been talking to you about. I've been, I, I, I want you to take new realms. I want you to fulfill my purpose for you as a people. And so Israel responded uh, after 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 the spies came back. Well, first of all, the news at first seemed to be very positive. Like, yeah, there's fruit. Here's some evidence. Look, it's healthy. It's fruitful. It's abundant. It's there. But then they kind of ended that report on a negative note saying, listen, there's also enemies. It's fortified. There are big cities. There are descendants of an anic. An- an- there. There, there, are, there, There's all sorts of threatening forces. We, there's no way we can overcome them. And as it communicated bad news, it caused a spirit of fear to hit the people. Can I ask you to to do something this week? Be careful who you open your heart to. Be careful who you listen to. Whether it's the news, whether it's YouTube, the media, or relationships going on and conversations during the week. Be careful what kind of news you allow to infiltrate your mind and your heart. Because these spies, aside from Caleb and Joshua, caused an entire people whom God was giving a a, a new territory to tremble in fear. And even with Caleb's best efforts to say, listen, no, 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 be quiet. We can do this. We got this. Somebody shout, we got this. We can take this land. Let's go right now. The power of fear. So affected their hearts and their souls, that the people became complainers and bickerers. And they got to the point where they even said, why why are we doing this? Why has God brought us here? Why has Moses brought us here? I wish we could go back to Egypt. Can you imagine that? Where God sets you free from captivity, from slavery, from oppression. And then you complain and and, and forget about what has God brought you from. That's what Israel did. And they rejected Moses. They even said, maybe we should choose a leader who will take us back to Egypt. They forgot the whiplashes on their backs. They forgot the tyranny of Pharaoh. They forgot being a people who are not a people. They forgot how God gave them hopes and dreams and a future. And they complained against God and complained against Moses. God said he got so frustrated with their complaining. He's like, Moses, why are they complaining? All i done for them, I set them free. I gave them a purpose. I chose them. How are they going to complain against me? You know what? I'm going to just wipe them out. I'm just going to wipe them out. Let's start all over. And Moses, this is the power of intercession. Moses says, God, please, please don't. You could do whatever you want. You're God. Your sense of morality is superior to ours. You know what we try to do and culture tries to do to dictate to God what exactly is right and wrong? And that's the problem with society is we are obsessed with telling God what moral standards should be instead of asking God what moral standards should be. Because when we try try to determine what's right and wrong, we make ourselves God. We make ourselves God. We make our hearts altars of idolatry. And our faces are emblazoned on those altars and we worship because we tell God, no, I know better than you. But God's holy, he's righteous, he's just. And he's like, I, 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 this is not going to work. Plan can't be fulfilled if they don't want it. It's going to cause more pain, more suffering, more evil in the world. We've got to take it out. Moses is like, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Now, you, you wonder, like, why, why, why did God change his mind? Now, there are mysteries in eternity that we just cannot grasp, but I know this, God is very relational, and God calls us to be a people of prayer, and he calls us into intercession and praying for our nation and praying for people, and some things only happen because we pray, and in the grand scheme of things, God has ordained that we engage in relationship with him through prayer, through fasting, crying out to him, and his will is advanced through that, and in the process, he doesn't just stop being like this heartless Sovereign, eternal being in the galaxies, he engages in a very emotional, very, very, uh, very, 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 uh, uh, in many ways, understandable. Even if it's not understandable, we understand the feelings. We understand anger. Let me ask you something. When you saw an atrocity or someone did your arm, did you think good thoughts toward them? So we can get the emotions of God on some level, Right. We understand anger. We understand fear. We understand he doesn't have fear, but we understand. And yet God doesn't sin, so everything he feels is right. And God, God says, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Because I actually wanted you to pray. I want this. We don't get that God can work in time and outside of time, and he does both. He's like, no, we're going to work the story out, but also I'm going to rule from outside in ways you can't understand. So in time, I need you to pray. Outside of time, I understand how it's all going to work. I know you're going to pray, Moses. I know that's going to bring me glory. I know that through that, people are going to learn that uh, there's power in prayer, and they're going to see forgiveness and redemption, and people need to get that. Is this making sense? And so they pray, and he says, there's not going to be judgment, but there will be consequences. How many know that sometimes... First of all, aren't you grateful for the cross that Jesus bore the judgment that we deserve? God could have annihilated us, but it was always his plan. So we get away lay with a whole lot of stuff we shouldn't. But Jesus bore it all. And we have a chance after chance for grace. But you know what happened? Is is God said, listen, there's still gonna be consequences. They're not gonna see the they're not gonna see they're not gonna see the promised land. Their children will, but they won't. Because their hearts are so corrupted. And here's a few things that I I, I believe in the scripture we can learn from that will help us take territory spiritually. As a church in our community, bringing the hope of Jesus to, to the world, to our city. One is receive a word from the Lord. In verse chapter 13, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. If we want to, if we want to take territory, if we want to advance in the anointed, ordained life that God has called us to live in this earth, on this side of eternity, it is imperative that we learn to posture ourselves to hear from God, that we don't just make great plans, but we actually say, God, speak into those plans. It's a new year. It's still fresh. What do you want for my future? What do you want? What are you calling me to? What do you want for this season? Is this the right job? Is this the right career path? Is this the right college? Is this the right partner? Is this person that I'm thinking about marrying and spending the rest of my life, is this the person you want me? Is this this, this the right fit? Got to hear from God. The bigger the decision, the bigger the prayer and seeking of God must be. Receive a word from the Lord. Sometimes our our hearing is blocked from hearing God, though. It could be sin. It could be disobedience. Sometimes it's delayed obedience, which is still disobedience, right? Sometimes we can't hear God now because we haven't obeyed what God told us yesterday yet. And then we ask God for further instruction. He says, I'll give you more, but I need you to first step into the last instruction I gave you because it all connects. And I can only take you so far until you come back to the same test. Sometimes people look for new relationship circles, new communities, new cities even, and new churches. And sometimes what they really need to do is allow God to form a new heart through an old old revelation that can produce new obedience in their life. Sometimes the breakthrough is is not in God just waving some magic wand in the sky and saying, hey, now the skies are open. Now you can fulfill your destiny and do great stuff with your life. Sometimes it's just saying, God, I'm just waiting on you. Step out and do what I ask you to do. Learn to hear from God. Learn to hear from God. Spend time seeking the God, seeking God this year. Crack open the pages of Scripture and allow Him to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit daily, "Would You speak to me? Would You guide my footsteps?" Cultivate an ear for the voice of God in the secret place. Join us in fasting and prayer. Your your alertness to the presence of God and the Spirit of God will increase. You can cultivate an ear for the Lord. On top of that, resist the negative noise. Somebody say, resist the noise. Resist the negative noise. Look at this. Verse 27, Then they told them and said, we went to the land where they sent us and it truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and all the ites. (laughs) They dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb, check this out in verse 30. Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. This is important. And they gave the children of Israel, what kind of report? A bad report. Of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. You have to quiet the noise. What does Caleb say? He's like, listen, listen, stop. Hold hold on. Stop listening to the Pat reports. We can do this. Shh. Unfortunately, it's hard to quiet an entire nation of people. We're in your one of maybe three people who actually believes in the cause. Says no, we got, we got this. Come on. How good are you at quieting the noise that is surfacing around you seeking God? How good are you at quieting the noise of doubt and fear and unbelief and bad reports? When, when, when they say it's not possible, when the doctors say there's no cure, when, you're, when, when, when there's no hope for your marriage, how good at you are at quieting the noise. If no one else has got to do it, you've got to be the one. Let the Holy Spirit be the one who whispers into your situation, into your struggle. Quiet the noise. Quiet the noise. You've got to be careful who we allow to speak into our hearts and our ears. There's so much going on in the in, in the interwebs, in the universe of the online world, and sometimes we open up our hearts inadvertently to voices that plant seed in our heart, and we don't think it's really a big deal. But the seeds are watered, and when it comes to a moment of decision or crisis, we are we are we we have cultivated the wrong kind of seed, and it it it, it, it doesn't support the spirit-led decision. It supports a bad decision. Because bad reports have that effect. Think about it. When's the last time someone gossiped to you about another person that you really didn't know well? And then when you saw that person, you had a negative perception even though you had no relationship with that individual. Because you let a bad word, a bad report get into your soul. Never let a bad report interfere with the good word of the Lord. If he says you can, you can. If he says you are, you are. I don't care what they said. Maybe you grew up with negative reports. You're not smart enough. You don't get good grades. You're just like your father. I'm here to declare a good word of the Lord over some people today. They may have said you can't, but I can. You can do all things through Christ. They might have said you're too poor, but you are rich in the riches of heaven. They might have said you don't have the talent, but you have an anointing from heaven that's yet to be discovered. Don't listen. And don't live and don't meditate on a bad word. Listen to the report of the Lord. Fight for the word of the Lord. Fight with the sword of the word of God. Believe his report. Believe his message, his truth. And move quickly because we've got to wrap this up. Thirdly, relinquish the grasshopper mindset. What's a grasshopper mindset? Look quickly at verse 33. They saw, we saw giants. The descendants of not came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in the well, The grasshopper mindset is, is small thinking. <laughs> we think too small. We believe too small. We dream too small. And when you have a grasshopper mindset and God's kind of trying to take you somewhere, the moment you see an obstacle, all you can see is the obstacle and the opportunity disappears. And when your sights are focused, fixated fixated on the obstacle rather than on the opportunity, you will lack obedience and you'll never see what it's like to walk into new territory in in the journey with Christ. Some of us never went for that job because even though you were qualified and you had the skill and talent, this negative mindset told you that you couldn't get the job done. You weren't smart enough. You're not educated enough. How many of us have ever da- dealt with a grasshopper mindset? And you see the obstacle. You see the giants. And you also see the grasshopper in the mirror. Because a grasshopper mindset is more focused on what I don't see in myself and what I see around me than it is on the God of heaven who does wonders and miracles. What if there's more? What if he's not done? What if he's still speaking over your life? What if all the victories and that you're grateful for and all the success and all the joys you've had in life, what if there's more? What if you wanted to 10x that? What if you wanted to 100x that? What if Natomas is just the beginning of a revival that breaks loose all throughout the capital city and the West Coast and Los Angeles and other nations? What if you're the one and God, God's just saying, I gotta get you to dream bigger. I gotta get you to believe bigger. I gotta get you to kill the grasshopper in the mirror and slay the giants in the earth and believe that the God of heaven and earth is on your side. He fights your battles, he fights your wars, he renews your strength, and he builds out of rubble castles and kingdoms that that are that are beyond human understanding. Do it. He can do it. He can do it. But you got to kill the grasshoppers. And sometimes that means I got to repent of my small thinking. I've dealt with this when I first set out to church plant. And our church planning network said, hey, you got to raise this much money and have this much people on your team. I said, oh, my God, that's too hard. How am I going to do that? Nah. I'm just going to do the only way. I'm going to do it the way I saw saw my dad do it. I have nothing and I have no one but a blessing and a laying on of hands in Dan. (laughs) I had a Dan. Somebody say amen. Can I tell you something? Dan has planted churches with multiple pastors Dan has been a loyal friend for over a decade. Dan has been a, a friend. Dan has been a companion to our family. Uh, don't, don't, don't underestimate the Dans in your life because a Dan can get you to your promised land. Because sometimes what you de- don't need is more skill and more talent. You just need a loyal friend who will weather the storm and fight the battle and believe big for the God of heaven to move on your behalf and say, I'm with you and I got you. Get yourself some Dans. Get a Joshua who lifts your arms. Get some Calebs who say, I don't care what the noise sounds like. We're going to take this city. We're going to get that building. We're going to launch new locations. We're going to multiply leaders and disciples. And lives will be. I wish somebody could shout. I wish somebody could praise God. I wish somebody could say, I believe for your family. Believe for your future. Believe for your city. Believe for your children. Take some territory. Y'all wouldn't believe it, but I felt like I was going to die before this service. But I believe. I was sitting over my notes, preparing slides, we're in this fast. I don't know if it's going on food or the fact that I only drink a cup of water a day. I'll repent, Lord. <laughs> I'm sitting there going over my notes, and, and, and the next thing I know, my entire body, and it felt like my organs cramped up for five minutes. I could not move. I laid there. I was gasping for breath, and I was like, I'm going to die today. At least let me get in the building with the church. i got to see the promised land, God. I, started, I grabbed the water next to me, started dumping it down my face. Started to pace my breathing. Started to feel like I was getting a panic attack. I'm, I'm like, what's going on? Eventually, I pulled it together. Talked to my wife. I said, babe, hey, I don't want to have She's like, you don't drink enough water. I tell you all the time. Blah, blah, blah. How many got wives who are doctors without, without degrees? How many got some doctors without degrees in the house? <laughs> I told you this, is this, and she gave me, I'm like, okay. I'm getting rebuked by the whole team today. So I went up here. I said, I, I hope that doesn't happen when I'm up here. And I said, babe, can you pray for me? My wife and my kids, my team, our team prayed for me up here. I just believe there's some kind of power of Jesus in this house right now. And I believe it's for you. And I want to pray with you right now because we're going to take some territory. We're going to see some lives changed, some new legacies created, starting with you, generational curses broken. Your kids are going to inherit things that you never inherited. They're going to start things that you never fathomed. And I want to pray for that today. I pray for our church. You're part of it. And we're going to see Jesus, his love expanding throughout the quarters of Sacramento and beyond. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, right now, I pray release a supernatural blessing. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, however this is spoken to someone's heart, however you are speaking, teach us, Spirit of God, how to follow your lead and to trust you. I pray expansion of territory. Businesses being birthed, empires, corporations started. Father, I pray, God, for those in the medical field, that they would have not just education and skill, but they'll have wisdom from heaven that will confound others in the room. That it will even lay healing hands on the sick and see them recover in the name of Jesus. I pray for musicians and artists, God, that they would have an expansion of creativity, song ideas. I pray that writers would write. Poets would would share their poetry. I pray that, Father, leaders would lead. I pray, God, that people would, would step out into new territory. I pray that marriages would thrive. There would be a new love, a new love rekindled, a new romance. I pray that single people would begin to believe for greater things for their future, whether they're married or single, they are not limited by their season. They are not limited by how things appear because you are the God who writes history. Father, I pray right now for a church that multiplies, God. Father, we pray for taking territories. There are pastors in this place, location leaders. There are business leaders who will be part of those teams, God. There are teachers and medical professionals and people of every sector of society that will help be part of teams and ministries that will not just go into a new building but change lives throughout this and beyond, God. We are believing for Northern California. We are believing for the West Coast. We are believing for the Philippines. We are believing for Mexico. We are believing for the islands, God. We are believing for the nations, God, in the name of Jesus. And if you're here in this place and you say, Pastor, man, I want to know this Jesus who writes new stories and new chapters, who gives life to the soul. I want to pray with you a prayer of committing your life to Christ to become a child of God and a follower of Christ to receive forgiveness of sins and to start a new journey it's not complicated but it's the most crucial important step anyone can ever make you say I want that, I want to know Christ as my Lord and Savior, I want to repent of my sins I'm ready for a new start on the count of three would you raise your hand, one, two three, that's you raise your hand Thank you, Jesus. Anyone in this place? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's a hand right here. They're going to give you a card. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, a couple more moments. Every person making this step counts. Right here, right here to my left. Thank you. They're going to put a card in your hand. Anyone else? After after service, turn that into the table or the offering box at the door. We want to give you some next steps anyone else church would you pray aloud with those who are making this decision just pray this prayer of faith with all your heart with me say Lord Jesus thank you for your sacrifice for dying on the cross so that I could experience new life I believe you resurrected on the third day thank you for accepting me into your family Thank you for bringing me home. I repent of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. And teach me how to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Put your hands together for those making those. Welcome to the house of God. Welcome to the family. Come on, stand to your feet and give God some glory today. God is starting a new journey in you and through you and with you. Turn that cord in after service in the in the connect table or the box on the way out and we'll love to give you some next steps going to have the altar call team come forward the prayer team leaders come forward small groups we're leaders we're going to pray for people as they sing this song you can consider yourself dismissed but we want to spend a few moments to pray for anyone who needs a prayer you need healing you need prayer for your marriage you, you this message spoke to your heart in a special way and say i need that to be a reality in my heart in my life i want to believe god for new things this year these altars are open as we sing this song